0: It's exactly the kind of show Ash would have loved a few years ago, especially during our homeschool years, because finding that perfect blend of entertaining and educating, it isn't always easy. So tune into mysteries about true histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods.
1: Doing what you can to influence things. And again, knowing what you know about yourself and your child. Because so often we we think about what works for other people, and we've got somebody right in front of us who is giving us feedback and information all of the time. And it's being able to go to an observer place and to get curious around, okay, who is this kid? And what are they teaching me? What are they showing me?
0: Welcome to the Till Parenting Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently by our kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber, and if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, today's guest will be no stranger to you. I've asked parent coach Margaret Webb to come back on the show because I wanted to have a very real and honest and helpful conversation about how to handle those really difficult situations with our kids moments or even days and weeks at a time where our child may be operating at a highly dysregulated level. Maybe they're explosive, or super intense, or unpredictable, or all of the above. And because we as parents and caregivers tend to bear the brunt of our child's big emotions, it can be really difficult to know how to best respond and be in these situations, both in the moment and in the aftermath. And for a quick introduction to Margaret, she's a certified master life coach, parenting coach, nature-based coach, former teacher, wife, and mother. And as a life and parenting coach, she weaves together her experience as an elementary education teacher with the tools she learned in Martha Beck's life coach training, Sage Fire Institute's nature-based coach training, and what she's applied to her own life as a mom of a child with special needs. Many of you also know that Margaret helped me through what I call my dark years in parenting. And so I knew she'd have a lot of great insights for you. And she absolutely did. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. Before I get to the episode, I wanted to just give a shout out to a few new supporters of the podcast. Deborah Graff and Heather Farmer, thank you so much for joining the Patreon campaign and helping me cover the cost for this show, as well as enabling me to offer transcripts for each episode. If you want to join Deborah and Heather in helping me, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon's an online platform that allows people to make a small monthly contribution to support the work of an artist or a musician or even podcasters like me. It's super easy to sign up and as little as $2 a month makes a big difference. We have a lot of supporters actually who are supporting at that level and it all adds up and is super helpful. So if you want to join them, visit patreon.com slash or you can find a link on the Tilt Parenting website. Lastly, if you haven't checked it out yet, don't forget to go to the Tilt Parenting website and download a first look at my book, Differently Wired, Raising an Exceptional Child in a Conventional World, which comes out in June. You can read the first chapter, called An Unmarked Path, as well as see the table of contents. You can learn more at tiltparenting.com differentlywired, or just click on the Books tab in the main menu. And now, without further ado, here is my conversation with Margaret. Hello, Margaret. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello. I am so excited to be back. Well, I just have to say you have the distinction of being the guest who has been on the Till Parenting Podcast the most. I feel like I should give you some prize or something, <laughs> but I'll just say thank you to start because these conversations that we have together are always so useful, they're transformational for parents. And you have so much wisdom. And you know, I I talk about you a lot too, even on the episodes you're not on. So I just am
1: excited to bring you back for this conversation today. Well, I am really excited to be back. And um, I just I love what you are creating. And whether you know it or not, I have heard from so many parents who've benefited, um, you know, not just from my podcast, but also all of the podcasts that you have. And so I just we could we could have a little love fest here. But um, (laughs) I just I love this. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Well, so just to give listeners a little background to what we're going to do today, I hear from so many parents that and also just I'm involved in a lot of Facebook groups for parents who have kids with varying things going on. And one of the things that comes up all the time is, you know, the hard moments, like we are sharing these really difficult moments that we're having, that can be just really intense. And, you know, where a child might be having a meltdown, or maybe doing something that feels a little scary in a physical way. And, you know, it's all well and good to have these amazing guests on to talk about brain science and, you know, all of these books and all this information we're taking in and figuring out how to apply it to our lives. But then there's also that kind of in the moment help, the SOS help that we all kind of need. So we know what to do in those moments. And you're the perfect person to... To share with us today. And I'm just really excited to bring this information to our audience. And before we get into that, just for listeners who might be new to the podcast and haven't heard some of our other conversations, can you take
1: a few minutes to introduce yourself and talk about the work that you do? Absolutely. So I am a parent of a 14 year old boy who is on the autism spectrum. And um, he was had a proxy of speech, didn't talk till he was five. And so he has been this really amazing teacher for me. And so I am right there with you all in navigating this journey of having a child who is differently wired, who is not at all what I expected when I was expecting. And um, I have learned so much from Parenting him, and uh, before that, before I, I had him, I was a teacher and I taught kindergarten and third grade and absolutely loved that and had many, many different diverse populations in my classroom, which I absolutely loved. And so, bringing that experience together with parenting my son and realizing that some of the tools that I had in my toolbox as a teacher, you know, they were great. But I was also learning lots of different things and actually having to apply them in situations like we're going to talk about today. Uh, I have gone through uh, Martha Beck's Master Life Coach Training and have lots of tools from her that are really helpful, as well as nature based coach training. And uh, it just, I, I weave them all together uh, and it helps me so much in those really challenging times. And so what I love to do now is I love to help other parents who are going through this journey and help them to feel empowered to have their own tools in their toolbox. And so I do that through parenting teleclasses and coaching one-on-one, you name it, I do it. I love it. It's something I'm super passionate about.
0: And really good at too. I'll just add, you know, for listeners who don't know, Margaret has worked with me as a parent coach, or I should say I worked with her. She was my parent coach and um, kind of got me through what I would describe as the trickiest uh years in in my parenting journey. And um, that's why I keep bringing Margaret back because I know how powerful these tools are. And so I kind of just want to dive in. I want to talk about you know, those deer in headlight moments where we as parents, even if we have our plan, you know, but all of a sudden, we're in a really Zen place. And then our child, something triggers them. And suddenly, the circumstances have totally changed. And We're suddenly dealing with someone who's not rational, who's in the red zone, and, um, we're completely caught off guard. I think it's that caught off guard piece that makes Mm -hmm. it so difficult. And so I don't know, like, can we, can we talk about what your thoughts are and ideas around how we as parents can take care of ourselves? You know, there's our physical care. There's our emotional care. There's our mental care in that
1: moment. So let's start there. What, what can you share with us about that kind of a scenario? Oh my gosh! There's so much, and and you hit the nail on the head. There's all of those pieces that are happening just at, you know at once, and they usually do. At least for me, um, they usually do happen in, in those Zen moments where I'm like, oh! As soon as I think, man, like this is really awesome, that everything is going so great, then the switch is flipped and something takes us off course. And so when that happens, for me, I have to be Really mindful of my energy and recognizing what my patterns are. Because when I, th- you know, when you think about it, and it's been really helpful for me, I can be kind of visual at times, but it's been really helpful me- for me to think about two circles. Like if you could just imagine two circles, and, you know, I'm one circle and my Son is another circle. And so we're two totally separate beings. We've got our own experiences. We've got our own perspective. We've got our own emotional stuff going on, our own ideas, our own desire to control, um, whatever. And what ends up happening is that our circles, like, you know, I'm in my circle, he's in her- his circle, but his circle, you know, when he is having a challenging time, when he is having a meltdown, then his circle kind of overtakes mine. And what can happen is then all of a sudden, I go into a reactive mode, where I'm just trying to put out fires. And, and that's an old pattern that I've recognized in myself. And the way that I recognize that is I start to talk really fast, I start to move fast, I start to make my energy bigger in order to try to get quote unquote control of the situation. So that's an old tendency. So I know that. And so for me, I have to slow way down. First, I have to recognize it. So awareness of, you know, of what's going on in me totally not even in, you know, regarding him, but I have to recognize what is going on me. Oh, okay. I'm trying to move fast. This feels really uncomfortable. I don't like this. I want it to stop. So those are all the thoughts that are going in my head. And I know from so much experience that that energy doesn't work, that it doesn't work to calm him down. It doesn't work to change anything. It just adds fuel to the fire. So I have to calm myself down in that moment. And sometimes that's just taking deep breaths, which, you know, we always have that available to us and slow down. And then what I've found really interesting and, and you know, with the kids that we have who are really, really smart and really good at getting us tangled up in their stuff and bringing us into their discomfort is finding a way to lovingly disengage from whatever they're going through and I say lovingly because sometimes people can feel really uncomfortable with like the word disengage like wait this is my child I'm supposed to be like fully engaged and and I'm saying lovingly disengage from whatever is going on with them and so a lot of times that looks like not engaging in the verbal stuff the verbal conversation, the verbal engagement or entanglement that they want us to get in because they're so smart and they will, you know, and all of a sudden you can find yourself down this rabbit hole of trying to, wait, 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 you know, I didn't, I didn't mean that, or I didn't say that. And a lot of times they can be extremely literal. And then next thing, you know, you're dealing with, you know, something totally, you're increasing the scope of, uh, you know, whatever this all started as so being you know for me what has really worked for my son when I noticed that I'm in a verbal entanglement with him is to disengage by putting things in writing so I will get my phone out or I will get a pad of paper out and I will write down you know just I'm not talking to you right now or I will help you when your body is calm which is one of my favorite mantras That if I say anything, it is, I will help you when your body is calm. And even as I say that, I noticed that I have repatterned myself to slow down when I say that. I will help you when your body is calm. And he can be having his experience. He can be really upset. And I will help you when your body is calm.
0: Yeah, that does really have an impact. I mean, just hearing you say it like that has an impact. We'll be right back after this quick break. So in our house these days, Darren and I have been working together to up level our nutrition and healthy lifestyle habits. Maybe it's our age, our changing bodies, my shifting hormones, whatever the reason I'm here for it. And that's why I'm loving Green Chef, a meal company that makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Green Chef offers gut-friendly recipes each week and is committed to providing a holistic approach to nutrition by offering meals that contribute to the overall well-being of your entire body. Darren and I are particularly big fans of their nutrient-dense science-backed gut and brain health recipes developed in partnership with registered dietitians that improve digestion, reduce bloat, and also boost energy and immunity. This week's favorites turkey, black bean, and sweet potato chili, and the Baja chicken bowls with mango salsa. I mean, don't those sound delicious? But if that's not your thing, you can choose from a variety of customized meals to suit your lifestyles with preferences like keto, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, gluten-free, and protein-packed. Whatever you choose, you'll get farm-fresh ingredients, organic whole fruits and veggies, and premium proteins, along with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes delivered straight to your door. Go to greenchef.com slash 60TILT and use code 60TILT to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's 60% off plus 20% off your next two months when you use the code 60TILT at greenchef.com slash 60TILT. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. have Have you been in a situation where you know you've used that, and your child says, "Oh, well, I don't want your help." you know is is that just a way of trying to continue to draw you in verbally? Yes, yeah, okay,
1: yes, yes. and so i I try to describe it, and for the the male listeners, I, I apologize, but the best way that I can describe those you know kind of out of control, those really emotional uh, meltdown experiences with our kids is almost like PMSing and and it ties in with emotional regulation and it can tie in with hormones depending on how old your child is or just a, an awareness on their part that either they're embarrassed about something embarrassment has it, it shows up in all these shadowy ways with our kids like they might become aware that they're not as good at something as as they want to be or they are aware that they're different than the people around them or something happens that feels off and they don't know how to bring themselves back. And so embarrassment can show up in like lots of weird ways. Uh, a lot of times um, unexpected can be destructive ways. And we saw this with our son where he would get embarrassed and all of a sudden he would start like knocking things off of the counter, which was really out of characteristic. And I'm, and all of a sudden it was like, wait, you know, I, I, tracked back and I thought what was going on before he did that and something didn't go the way he wanted it to. And I was like, are you just, are you embarrassed? And he's like, yes. I'm like, Oh, phew, well, okay. That changes everything. But yeah, it's, you know, it's their way of like, they don't necessarily know how to get back to baseline. And so bringing us into that discomfort. And that feeling of like, I don't really know what's going on and it feels awful, but I'm just going to, I need somebody to engage in this energy with me. And so for parents, it becomes, um, and like you were saying, self-care becomes so important because we're the people who they typically try to bring into that energy and it can be really exhausting to not you know, it can be exhausting to be in that energy, and it can be exhausting to not be in that energy to, to do that. And so that's where self care is really important with regards to our emotions. So one of the things that, you know, I try to help people with, and and I do this myself is after the experience, checking in with like, man, you know that really made me angry and finding ways to release that anger in a safe and healthy way, whether it's slamming a medicine ball or you know, or hitting the a tennis ball or doing something to get that energy out, or if it's like, man, that was exhausting and I'm so sad that I have to keep going through this. It's hard. So giving yourself a little bit of time and space with intention to release in whatever way it might be just it might be crying it might be wrapping yourself up in a blanket whatever it is it might be asking somebody for a hug you know I don't I don't want to go into it but I just need a hug can you just hug me or reaching out to one of you know those your safe people and I I say with intention because a lot of people get nervous around going there like quote unquote, going there to those emotional places, especially when it involves our kids, because they're afraid of getting stuck and that it's going to be too big and too much. And so it's helpful for me to do it with intention of for the next five minutes, for the next 10 minutes, you know, I'm just, I'm going to have a little pity party, or I'm going to cry, or I'm going to sit in my chair by myself and have my husband take over or go out to the gym and just slam the medicine ball. And those are all, it's, it's good for us to do. And it's also good for when you're reflecting on where the, the, what the root cause of the meltdown or the, or the behavior comes from with our kids where you can say, you know what, like, were you really angry about this? Well, here, let's go slam the medicine ball or let's get a plastic bat and let's like bunch up a comforter and just, you know, hit the crap out of it. Um, You know, like giving them tools that, you know, that might help them.
0: Yeah, gosh, you've just covered so many things. So a couple things (laughs) that I want to circle back to one is you talked about, in the moment, so much of it is about recognizing your own energy and things. And as you're saying that, I know how tricky that can be when, especially again, if we're kind of all of a sudden, we're in this end place, or or maybe we're just going about our day, and then unexpectedly, something happens. The one thing, you know, and I was just thinking, I don't know if I can, well, I know, because I experienced that I have a hard time, you know, once I've been triggered, to kind of put on the brakes and be in enough in my mind to be able to say, okay, I'm feeling this, I'm doing this. But the one thing that jumped out at me, and I'm curious to know if you have any other tools or ideas about how parents can do this, is when you said that, you know, you're having that thought, I don't like this, and I want it to stop because that I totally can relate to, you know, I I know that feeling really well, like all of a sudden, that really strong feeling like this has to stop. You know, I can't have this right now, or I can't deal with this right now. So is it just a matter of me knowing, okay, when I have that thought, that's when I know that I need to put on the brakes and do one of my
1: strategies. Yes. And so there's the thoughts of, man, like this really sucks. This is uncomfortable. I don't like this. I want this to stop like five minutes ago. And I always say, this is the ultimate meditation this is meditation because it's recognizing that thought of i want it to stop because we all have we all have our own version or flavor of that thought and sometimes you can feel it in your body where all of a sudden you're you know for me my trigger is or my tell is that my stomach gets really tight and like i said i start talking fast i start moving fast and so when I check in with like, what am I thinking? It's like, man, I like, I just, I want it to be better. I want to fix this. And that is, it's awesome to realize that because once you realize that and you start getting curious around, okay, well, what are my thoughts? Then you're creating a little bit of distance. You're creating some perspective for yourself, even if it doesn't feel like it, you are. And that little bit of distance then, oh, okay, wait, hold on. I need to breathe. Okay, so stop, take a breath. Okay. And it becomes like, from there, then, oh, I'm trying to fix this. And, you know, he's upset about something. Then I go to the, my mantra of, I will help you when your body is calm, but I can't, you know, I can't help him when he is wild, or I can't help him. And I don't just let him, like, run off. I don't let him, there have been times where there have been things thrown and there have been physical, you know, where he tries, because now he's taller than me. And so he tries to kind of use his physical stance. And that's when I have to really just slow down and set some, you know, set some boundaries for myself to keep myself safe. But also, I will help you when your body is calm. and. I can get curious around, you know, what's going on while also realizing that every kid has discomfort. Every kid goes through stuff like this. We all, every person, every human goes through stuff like this. And to, to tie back to that, that PMS thing is like, you know, I think about when I'm in that agitated state, when I'm really annoyed about something not going the way that I want it to go, or I'm frustrated, or my mind is, is off and I get triggered about something, I might try to engage people in that energy and pick fights with my husband or whatever, but it never feels good and it's never helpful. And if my husband were to come in and be like, no, Margaret, just, just do this or just do that, I would probably want to increase my physical energy as well. (laughs) So, so it's helpful for me to, to bring it back to me and think about what I would need in that moment. And sometimes it's just somebody, somebody there who's not engaging, even if it is if it might feel annoying and feel uncomfortable just to have somebody there, does that does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I love that idea of putting ourselves in that situation, and you know, as soon as you explain that situation of feeling that need to pick a fight, I'm like, oh yeah, I know that feeling too. <laughs> um, so then is this a matter of you know you have your mantra that you use, you slow down, like. Do you encourage parents and when you work with parents, are you helping them figure out what their own personal strategy is or the tools that they can continue to return to in those situations so they have a plan?
1: Yes, because every, you know, because I know my child and what he does and I know myself. And like I said, I tend to speed up. And so for me, it's almost as much for me as it is for him. So it's taking into consideration what do I know about my child? What information do I have and what does it look like what has worked in the past that has you know helped me to feel empowered what has worked in the past with the child because bringing those together then you're using the information that you have just like you know you know Asher and so you know what helps him and so that might, it might be putting things in writing. It may be sitting down and having a meeting about it. It's really thinking about the child and you, and then how, you know, how the, the circles overlap in a way that can be really helpful. And a lot of times what that looks like for me and for the people that I work with is, a post like post meltdown reflection and that might sound really like out there but or too mushy gushy but it really is just sitting down and thinking about what what actually happened and this happens once everything is calm it might be the next day it might be a couple hours later but really sitting down just for yourself and thinking what happened what was actually going on and thinking about the before Which is, I think, the most important piece of any of this is what was happening before, because that gives all sorts of juicy goodness of information. And then, you know, because most people focus on the during, which is the uncomfortable meltdown behavior stuff, and then they want to put that out. So, more focus on the before, and then after, really thinking about that question of what was actually going on. That way, then, you can start to recognize in the future, oh, like, okay, this has nothing to do, like, I'm thinking that it's an attack on me, or that he's just out of control, when it might be about embarrassment. It might be about frustration that something didn't go the way that they wanted it to go. It might be because they're sensory overloaded. It might be because they're just done. Like, they've had to keep it together socially for... X amount of time. And we are just the safe people that they take it out on. Mm -hmm.
0: Hmm. I'm wanting to make a form now, like a little form that I can just have on standby in my, on my desk, so I can just sit down post a difficult situation and fill out and answer these questions because I don't take that time. I, you know, I feel like for me, I'm usually kind of need to zone out with Netflix or, you know, just kind of in recovery mode. And then I don't ever necessarily take the time to do that kind of reflection, but I could see how useful it would be.
1: Well, and zone out, like if, if the self care that you need after that is to zone out on Netflix, awesome. Like it might be, Whoa, that was really intense. And so I'm going into kind of a protective mode of zoning out for a little bit, but then, you know, when things kind of level out again, That's when I go back and think about, okay, and sometimes it can be really humbling, because sometimes it's looking at what my role was in it, which it's like, oh, you know, okay, if I look at what was going on for me before, I might be tired, I might be distracted, I might be in the middle of doing something, and so I might have been snappy, or, you know, I might have brought something to this interaction and then i can also look at him and think about what was going on with him and this also allows for once everything is calm if you have a child who is who is able to do this to sit down and say you know what i really didn't like how that went that felt really crummy to me i didn't like that i snapped at you i didn't like that i did this or you know how did you feel that i went and in doing that we're modeling for our kids that not everything is going to go well and that their behavior does have an impact on us, that our behavior might have an impact on them and that it's not just what happens. Isn't just one sided. I mean, sometimes, yeah, if we're in their our Zen thing and they're on their own doing their thing and they get frustrated and the meltdown, you know, kind of comes and takes over us. Yeah. Then it's, it's more one sided, but you know, there's, there's lots of different, uh, pieces to the puzzle.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It takes two to tango. We'll be right back after this quick. Hey there, it's Debbie. I love making this show and sharing conversations about how to support our awesome neurodivergent kids. I've seen how even one little insight from an interview can spark a big shift in daily life. In the club, you'll get personal support from me and other seasoned parent coaches, six live calls every month where you can connect and get your personal questions answered
2: Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.
0: Break. So, you know, you talked about reflecting on our own role in the situation. You know, what about the times when we lose it? You know, when we blow up or we get triggered and we totally respond in the absolute wrong way. What's your advice for parents when they've done that kind of in the moment and then how to
1: follow up with it? Okay, and this is so common. I'm so glad that you brought this up because I hear this so much and you know what? It happens. Like it happens to me, it happens to it happens to everybody. And so my number one thing is to be kind and loving with yourself. To say, you know what, man, that really didn't go the way I wanted it to go. And the way that I look at it is I'm excited that I have the awareness, like when I start having the awareness that, man, that didn't go well. And like, I don't want it to go like that ever again. Then that's when I get to that reflection period of, okay, this is, this is what was going on. I'm exhausted. I need help. I need to take care of myself. Or I just have some, some anger that needs to be released because whatever happened really, it was not good. And not, not my behavior, but maybe like something that my son did really made me angry. And there might be good reason why like there might have been something really serious that happened. And so I know that I need to take care of that within myself. And so being kind and loving and compassionate with yourself is number one. Then when once you know, when you do that, then that allows for that conversation of, you know what, I didn't like it You know, I didn't like how I reacted to this and to, to either if for you, if it feels better to have a conversation, to sit down say, Hey, you know, I just want to talk to you. That felt really crummy, you know, it probably felt really crummy for you too. I don't like that. And this is what I'm going to do in the future. That opens the door for what are, you know, what do you think you could do in the future? And, and that opens up the creativity and the curiosity around what are some other ways that we can, we can handle this and other ways that our anger or our frustration can be expressed or our, you know, embarrassment or whatever, whatever it is, that's the root cause of this. How how are some ways? And that way then you're, you're already putting it out there to start repatterning the brain, repatterning our reactions, responses to the different things. But yeah, it happens. It, it is, it happens. And there's so much guilt and judgment that we put on ourselves when it happens and being kind and loving and, and honest with ourselves and then doing what feels good to share that with our kids is that, I mean, I, I can't think of any other thing to do. Mm-hmm.
0: And there's no, there's not really an age that is too young to start doing this, would you say? I mean, this is applicable, no matter what age your differently wired kid is. Totally. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, I do it. I mean, I do it all the time. And, and it's really, it's helped him to feel more comfortable with owning up to his stuff.
0: Mm hmm so interesting. So and I just want to just to circle back to the the physical situations because I know that that is perhaps the most challenging for so many parents is when you feel you know like you have no choice but to remain in a room or you know you need to stay with your child for safety reasons and you're also needing to, you, you're you wanting to set boundaries for yourself. Like, how do
1: you balance that? Yeah. It, I mean, it, and it's a case by case situation, um, depending on, you know, what's going on, but it's, it's really tough. Um, I mean, I remember being the, you know, just f- taking him, he was out of control and just moving him into a room that had a bed on it. And he just flailed around and I kind of You know, I just would hold him and not say anything. But you know, the the flailing and all that. There have been times where I have put him in a room and just sat on the other side of the door because it didn't feel safe to be in there with him. And so keep you know keeping yourself physically safe is is really important. And figuring out what works for you it's it's a really it's a it's a hard thing to not know like what you know to offer up advice and not knowing what the specific situation is like. Right. Yeah. And yeah. So.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally understand that. It is just, it is one of those, you know, for so many parents, it's those kinds of situations too, that make us feel the most hopeless or just concerned about our child's future. I mean, I think those Uh kinds of situations can trigger us to spiral down and it's just really complicated to know what to do in those moments. And I guess part of it is you have to have a plan for what you intend to do in that moment. And then you have to be able to adapt that plan, depending on what's happening, you know, physically with your child in that situation. And then having that self-care or that, you know, that time to recover emotionally from it afterwards is really important.
1: Absolutely. It's that's wherein it becomes... Like it it becomes critical to do that because you know you're literally in a fight situation where you'd like you know like and there are all those thoughts around oh my gosh you know like this is what it's going to be like this is horrible and I've had you know situations where it's like okay the room gets cleared and all there is is a bed because things get knocked over or things get broken and so it's it's taking that time to think okay well having that plan of this is what I know about my child and this is what I can do to set myself up at least in, you know, even small ways to ride that wave of behavior Mm -hmm. and of expression. And it's, and it's really, it's, it's tough. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is, it's really difficult. It's, it is, uh I think it's one of the most challenging things. And, um and at certain ages, I feel are more intense than others in this journey, but also just, it doesn't last. <laughs> you know, it do, it's not yes. ongoing. And it's a- also part of it is recognizing the good streaks too, right? You know, so just knowing that it isn't, it isn't an ongoing thing. Typically, there's, there's breaks, and there's times where we can catch our breath.
1: There are. And, and really, you know, and tapping into that curiosity around what was underneath. I found I think that was like so helpful for me to realize, oh wait, I'm expecting him to be or I'm trying to discipline him like whatever his age, his chronological age was, and then when I realized, wait, hold on, he is his developmental age is way below that. And so recognizing that and all the emotional stuff and sensory and all of that then, helps me to be more compassionate and to catch it before it gets to that point, if possible.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we are running along as usual because there's so much to talk about with you. But <laughs> I have one more question I'd love uh, your thoughts on, and just any you know I think a lot of us have that feeling at some point or another where we're walking on eggshells, right? Where we don't know what we're going to get when our child comes home from school? Are they going to be in a good mood or a bad mood? Or, you know, what's going to happen? And, and of course, when we have those peaceful streaks, we want to keep them going, but then we don't know if something's gonna, you know, explode out of nowhere. So I'm just wondering how parents can like what advice you have for how parents can find peace, while living with that feeling that there's maybe a ticking time bomb in their house, or you know, that they're having to walk on eggshells? How can you reconcile those two experiences?
1: Yes. And this is the that's also so common is the, you know, when thinking about energy, it can be like, you know, bring your energy way up. And I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to meet and beat your energy. And then what frequently happens is, people try that and it doesn't work because their kids can meet and beat their energy times a thousand. (laughs) And so, and that becomes really exhausting. And so then they swing the total opposite way where it becomes, it's like we hand over our power to our kids and are walking on eggshells because it's like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, make them upset because I don't want that, you know, I don't want them to explode. Which is so that too is really good to know, like, oh, okay, I'm over here. You know, I might be, there might be people listening who are like, oh yeah, I try, you know, my energy does get big. There might be people who are like, oh, I don't even have energy. It's like gone. And so it's, it's finding that middle ground of, you know, going back to intention of, you know, what do I want? And part of that is what do I want knowing what I know about myself and what I know about my child or children and taking that into consideration, then it it allows for curiosity around how to set things up and and how to play with things and, and look at things as feedback that, okay, this behavior happened. And so that's giving me feedback And that's where the before, you know, oh, they were on electronics and didn't want to give that up. And so that's why we had this explosive or they've come home from school. And every day when they come home from school, I get this. That's information. It's giving you information. And from there, I think I kind of in my mind, I imagine like an iPhone or an iPad where you kind of where you take your fingers and you blow it up and you get really close And from there, I think, okay, what are the different parts and pieces that I can try to influence? And so it might be like, do they need juice? Do they need a snack? Do they need some physical activity? Do they need just to sit and do nothing and maybe like play in their room for a little bit or just kind of decompress or have me sit with them? You know, it just, it allows for lots of different possibilities. And so then you can try different things to see, you know, oh, okay, this works. This didn't work at all. So toss that out. Or it didn't work today. So just you know, doing what you can to influence things. And again, knowing what you know about yourself and your child. Because so often we we think about what works for other people. And we've got somebody right in front of us who is giving us feedback and information all of the time. And it's being able to go to an observer place and to get curious around, okay, who is this kid? And what are they teaching me? What are they showing me? And like, we just had, we're on day 10 of no electronics, because it was causing some behaviors. And so we had to make that decision of, okay, this is what we're noticing. And so this is a consequence or that we're going to take this out and see what happens. Wow. How's it going? Well, at first it was, I was really worried. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, okay, what is this going to be like? Um, and it, it, it has been put in a safe, all of his electronics were put in a safe. And so he knows that he doesn't get them back until he's, you know, has a certain behavior and it's been going really, really well. And you know, he still he wants it back and he's going to get it back this evening. But he's got to come up with rules for himself of how to keep his behavior and how to keep his body calm when he's using electronics. So it's been it's been really it's been an interesting thing for me to observe and to watch how it impacts him, what my thoughts were and what my fears were about it. And and to see that, you know, it's it's OK. He's he has survived. Yeah. <laughs> That's good he information. Has yes. He has survived. He has, he has not melted into a little puddle of nothingness. So yeah. <laughs> brave woman. That's awesome. Okay, so
0: this has been so full of nuggets and insights and wisdom. And um I wrote a page of notes just in this conversation. So uh I'm benefiting from this as well in my own life. And I know so many parents are going to have gotten so much, just so many good ideas from this conversation. So before we go, I want to make sure people know how and where to find you and how they can engage with you.
1: Yes, I am. Um, there's a website, uh, Margaret Webb life And I am also on Facebook as Um, I've got people who are on my personal page and my coaching page and it's Margaret Webb or Margaret Webb life coach. And I'm also on Instagram as Margaret Webb life coach. So any of those, I love hearing from people. I love hearing questions. And if there's something that comes up, feel free to email me. Uh, yeah, all that. Love it. Love hearing from people.
0: And are you still running your online course that I participated in? I don't know, five years ago now or
1: something? I am. In fact, um, yep, I'm about to hop on that call in about 30 minutes. I do it um, usually once in the fall and once in the winter. And it is a really wonderful opportunity for small groups of, of parents to come together and and learn these tools, and also to know that they're not alone, and to get connection and support, because that's something that I've heard over and over again of it feels so good to know that I'm not alone, that other people are experiencing challenges like this. And there can be laughter and joy in the midst of all of the chaos, which is kind of one of one of my needs is to, to have laughter and joy. So
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I will make sure that links to all of Margaret's resources are on the show notes page, as well as links to the three past podcast conversations we had. So um, listeners, I definitely encourage you to check out Margaret's newly designed website looks great, by the way. Awesome thank you. website. And, um, and check out the other work that Margaret's doing. And Margaret, thank you so much once again, for just sharing all of this with us. I'm so grateful for the work you do. And for you being kind of I, I feel like you're part of the staff here. I don't really have a staff, but I feel like you're part of the team. So thanks for that.
1: Thank you. And I feel like I'm part of it, whether you ask me or not. (laughs) I love what you're doing. And so sign me up any day. You've been listening
0: to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, including links to Margaret's website, her online class on Parenting the Child You Didn't Expect When You're Expecting, my past podcast episodes with Margaret, and all the other resources we discussed, visit tiltparenting.com slash 103. And a reminder that if you want to take a sneak peek at my upcoming book, Differently Wired, you can now download that first chapter and table of contents. Just go to tiltparenting.com slash differentlywired and sign up for instant access. Lastly, this is my weekly reminder to head over to iTunes and subscribe, leave a rating or a review or all of the above if you haven't done so already. There are a lot of parenting podcasts out there and subscribing, leaving a rating or a review, all of those things help keep our podcast highly visible, which in turn makes it easier for me to land those big guests. Thank you so much. And thanks again for listening. For more information on Till Parenting, visit www.tillparenting.com.